United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Let's try to put in perspective President Trump's decision to announce or to not just announce, but to also recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Joining us is Lucy Kurtzer-Ellenbogen, who is director of the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict Program at the United States Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at USIP. Lucy, welcome. Thank you for being on POTUS today. Thank you for having me on the show, Tim. What was your reaction to the president's decision and announcement last week? Well, I think it just raises questions about what this means for um, uh, for a peace process going forward and why it particularly raises that question is that uh, concluding what uh, President Trump has called the ultimate deal between Israelis and Palestinians is something the president himself um, has stated, uh, even beginning with uh, his campaign, was a priority for his administration. And so with this announcement, um, one is left to ask how we get from that step to, again, this ultimate deal that, um, that he is hoping to achieve. The somewhat glib response from the administration has been nothing has worked prior to this. Maybe it was time for a change. What do you think about that? Well, I think where the administration is correct is that we have been plugging away for years um, at a peace process and efforts to um, to bring the Israelis and Palestinians to a final status resolution. And yes, those efforts have not been successful until now. Uh, but again, when one calls for bold and creative diplomacy, which is absolutely uh, needed right now, uh, it's important to think about what those bold steps are and how those are going to connect to a broader strategy of bringing about peace. And those dots were not uh, connected uh, in the speech that President Trump gave last Wednesday when he recognized Jerusalem as the capital. Uh, he he made it a point to frame it in terms of getting the parties actually closer to peace in saying that this was not, in fact, prejudging the outcome of of a negotiation, but again, did not state quite how this step moves the ball forward at this point. Lucy, uh, the Senate not long ago had reached, I think it was near unanimous uh, approval of a resolution to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Is this not just doing what they wanted to do, or was that intended to be symbolic without uh, an actual follow-up of concrete action? Well, the history here, and again, what happened on Wednesday and probably what drove this announcement is that actually starting in 1995, you have um, the Jerusalem Embassy Act. And this was a law uh, passed by Congress that stated that the U.S. should open its embassy in Jerusalem in recognition of that city as Israel's capital. Um, recognizing at the time that uh, foreign policy is the prerogative of the executive branch and that there might be national security or national interest reasons, security interests, why a president might want to waive that decision. That waiver authority has been granted to the president every six months. And so since that time, since 1995, successive administrations have signed that waiver, including President Trump himself. And I think what was also lost uh, to some in last Wednesday's announcement is that President Trump did, in fact, uh, sign the waiver again. Um, the embassy is not going to be opened or moved from Tel Aviv right away. Uh, the reason given by the administration was that it takes a while to do that. It could be three to four years. But uh, while signing the waiver stated what they described as, as the reality, um, just observing reality, um, that uh, Jerusalem is uh, the capital of Israel. 
Lucy Kurtzer, Ellen Bogan, director of the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict Program at the United States Institute of Peace, joining us as we discuss the president's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. Lucy, I wonder, we see obviously the complications there from the relationship uh, with, say, the Palestinian state and some of the other groups that we would normally expect. This also complicated U.S. relations with Great Britain, for example. Theresa May had issued a rather stern statement on this and some other U.S. allies does this isolate the U.S. from these individuals or, is it, or in these countries, or is that just their take on one particular policy? Well, this certainly is a break with the international consensus and the consensus of most of our allies on uh, the, the uh, status of Jerusalem. You saw Federica Mogherini of the EU uh, yesterday uh, in response from a call by Prime Minister Netanyahu to the European countries to follow suit, saying that those countries would not be following suit uh, uh, anytime soon. Again, the international consensus around this for decades has been that the final status and the boundaries um, uh, or the final status of Jerusalem as a city uh, is to be decided in the context of negotiations. I mean, dating back to um, the original partition plan of British Mandate Palestine in 1947, the idea, according to that UN resolution, is that you'd have a division into a Jewish state, an Arab state, and that Jerusalem would hold an international status. It was called a corpus separatum at the time. Um, that status was never quite realized um, over the course of wars um, 1948, uh, the armistice lines ended with Israel in control of West Jerusalem and Jordan in control of East Jerusalem. In 1967, mm -hmm. Israel then took control of East Jerusalem. But the status of the entire city of Jerusalem has never been recognized um, by the international community, Israel's capital. And I think most of those countries that you mentioned are still going to hold to the idea for a while that the final status of that city uh, will and should be decided in the context of negotiations between the parties towards a peace agreement. Lucy, finally, uh, the United Nations, this is a factor also. The United States has found itself at odds with the U.N. in the past and its resolutions concerning, Germ uh, uh, concerning Israel and concerning the state there. Is the United Nations a factor in this or not? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the history of this is what I've just described, the sort of um, the, the status of Jerusalem as it is uh, recognized by the international community has been put down in various resolutions, General Assembly and Security Council resolutions over many years. Um, I think one is going to continue uh, to see a similar stance from the countries at the United Nations. Uh, but again, ultimately, um, the question will be um, the question of resolution of this conflict um, and Jerusalem with it. Um, ultimately, I think the United States position here is that it can only be decided through negotiations, the final status of a peace agreement between the Israelis and Palestinians. Of course, what happened on Wednesday uh, certainly seems to uh, complicate uh, the question of how this kind of uh, resolution is achieved going forward. Lucy, I do appreciate you being on today to give us some perspective. Thanks for being on POTUS. Thanks for having me. Lucy Kurtzer, Ellen Bogan, director of the Israeli-Palestinian Conflict Program at the United States Institute of Peace on President Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital, although, as she noted, he is delaying moving the embassy to Jerusalem. That said, it is an important move, and as she said, has a lot of ramifications around the world. The Twitter handle is at USIP. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.